Hello, welcome to Interdependent Study, our podcast, where we engage in the learning and unlearning work for social justice and collective liberation. I'm Aaron. And I'm Damien. Thank you so much for joining us today. For those new to our podcast, Interdependent Study is meant to be a space and community for folks who believe in and want to do the work of social justice. Each week, we bring something new to the table and discuss our thoughts and feelings about it through the lenses of who we are and where we can go for a more just society. We want interdependent study to be a space we're always learning with one another. Uh, Damien, you're up this week, so what are you bringing to the table today? I am. I'm excited. We're back. We're back. Hey, we took a little break. I uh, had to focus on the the old day jobs and uh, some other things, And uh, but I'm right. so excited. Like recover from COVID? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, just wow. so you so y'all know, we we both we recorded that ep- that last episode, and then somehow uh, we're we're down for the count with COVID for a little bit. We were down for the count, yes, uh, but we're recovered and mostly better. Yeah. <laughs> and then work was crazy, but here we are. I'm super excited, man, to be back at the table with you. Mm-hmm. Thanks for cleaning yeah. it off. It looks great. Yeah, you're I welcome. Appreciate mm-hmm. that. Um, all right, so I'm excited to chat with you today about a couple of things that I've brought to the table for us. The first is an opinion piece uh, in The Guardian by Robert Reich called Maybe U.S. Mainstream Media Should Begin Using the Term Fascism, Mm -hmm. uh, which was published just a few weeks ago, or no, just last week, on August 31st. Um, For folks who don't know, Robert Reich is a professor, author, political administrator, and lawyer. Um, He's currently a professor of public policy out at UC Berkeley and was actually a former U.S. Secretary of Labor uh, in the Clinton administration. And um, he's, I, I follow him on social media. He is an outspoken uh, political commentator yeah. about lots of sort of public policy issues and, and politics and uh, inequity and justice issues. So I'm super excited to chat about his article. Um, the other piece that I brought is in The Atlantic, and it's called Fear of Fascism. And it was written by Tom Nichols, who uh, is a staff writer over there at The Atlantic. And this piece was published just a day earlier on August 30th. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can find those pieces uh, if you want to read them with us. Um, they um, were really great. And I think, you know, the titles would suggest that um, they're about fascism, but I think in reality, they're about a much they're about much bigger and related issues around uh, the idea of language, right? And its right. impact on politics and our society, right? And mm-hmm. so um, I'm I'm super excited to to talk with you about these pieces and and see where because they were relatively short, so I'm excited yeah. to see where where we go. Um, where do you want to start? What stood out to you? Yeah. Um, so I liked both of these. Um, Pieces because I think they offered some important perspective about how uh, we choose to use um, or choose not to use language um, that define movements and, and works of, of politicians. Yeah. Um, and non politicians. Yeah. You know, right. People. Um, I think they're co- they're coming at it from slightly different angles, like mm-hmm. in their articles, but I think they're also kind of saying the same thing. Yeah, um, you know, Robert Reich is making this argument that we should look at what people like Ron DeSantis are doing, and he actually goes into into depth, um, which I'll talk about in a little bit of the things that DeSantis has done in his administration in Good Florida Lord, as the governor yeah. there. Yeah, um, and maybe thinking about like, do these things that he has done or the people in his administration have done line up with what we consider to be fascism. Right. Um, 
And so it would it then be appropriate to start using the word? Yes. And then Tom Nichols is um, saying that we're not in a fascist period yet, but people like Trump have made it easier for a real fascist movement to to um, arise, to come about. Um, and so we can't be afraid to look stuff in the face and analyze whether it's fascism or not. Right. So <clears throat> I think they're, they're, it's, it's funny because I think if you read them, it's not funny, but I guess like my, on my first reading, I was like, Oh, they have different positions. Yeah. But then as I thought about it and thought about what, um, you know, our conversation would be, be, uh, as we record, um, I really thought about how they're, they're pretty similar yes. uh, in their perspectives of like, maybe it's not appropriate yet, but maybe we should think about it and yes. we shouldn't be one of the things I think they both make. One of the points they both make is that we shouldn't be afraid to use that word when it's appropriate. Yes. Yeah. When that's what we're seeing and experiencing. Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah. I think it's, it was fascinating to use Trump and DeSantis as the case studies here. Right. Because yeah. they're so, um, in the public eye and doing really, um, doing and saying really um, atrocious things, right? Mm -hmm. um, and so, yeah, I think you're right. Both are making sort of this argument that this is what we're seeing. This is what we're experiencing, right? And so yeah. that idea of us being afraid over the years maybe or the media being afraid or the media just not labeling it what it is um, is doing us a disservice, right? Because we're yeah. not calling it what it is. Yeah, I think, you're, I think you're spot on really in sort of summarizing like what these two pieces were all about. And I... I think that's one of the things I appreciated most about these pieces and their sort of like bottom line message or, or takeaway, right? And this, and for me, that was this idea that language plays such a huge role in our society and in our politics yeah. and in the ways in which we interact with each other, right? Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. And I think ultimately what all of this means in terms of, you know, what we're seeing happening um, in and, and throughout the country, right? And so I, I really appreciated both Robert and Tom's examination and analysis of that, if that makes sense, right? And so one of the things that stood out to me was I can't help but think about the power and impact of language and rhetoric by our politicians and our media and what that have what that has meant for our movements and our movement work, right? And on the flip side, right, the response to those movements and that work, right? Mm -hmm. So, and we've talked a lot about in many of these episodes, like we we talked about what disinformation. We talked mm -hmm. about, you know, we talk about sort of what some news outlets have done to sort of and what politicians have done to sort of stoke that fear, right? And to yeah. sort of create this chaos that we're seeing, right? Um, and to certainly, you know, and, and and that's the response we're seeing to the activism and the organizing and the movement work that we're seeing, right? Um, or I think about what language and what that rhetoric has meant in the context of or meant in the context of the 2020 presidential election, right? Mm -hmm. And then what we saw on January 6, 2021 at the Capitol. Mm -hmm. um, and I think we continue to learn about, we're continuing to learn about, um, you know, the days and weeks and months and even years leading up to January 6. Um, and so I think we can, and we have seen just how dangerous uh, language and rhetoric can be, right? I think one of the ways that, that language um, can be dangerous or rhetoric can be dangerous if, is when you, um, I think to both of their points, is when you avoid calling something what it is. Yes. Um, and I so, I, I yeah, I, I agree with you. And I think about, um, I think it was Nichols in his article said he, um, 
he has like status quo bias where he doesn't uh-huh. think that things are going to change that quickly. Yeah. Um, and uh, maybe that's, you know, something for him to, to think about. Mm-hmm. Um, paraphrasing that pretty uh, bluntly yes. <laughs> um, from his article. Uh, but yeah. So one of the th- other things Nichols said that I want to pull out of this is okay. if we um, and in the, the little bit of context, he's talking about um, sort of generic Trump supporters um, or people who might align themselves with some of that make America great again stuff. Yes. Um, if we build them into something more, we're not only missing the chance to pull some of these people back into American democracy, we're going to fail to spot the real fascists hiding among them. Mm-hmm. Glaring drivers jacked up on Fox News and talk radio flying F. Joe Biden flags on their cars aren't fascists. They're the raw material of fascism. Mm. The battering rams, the actual fascists, cleverer and nimbler than the hapless overgrown adolescents who will end up in front of a judge, will use to knock down our institutions by goading them into violence. Wow. Um, And that that passage stuck out to me because I think it's such an important thing to note uh, and understand, um, you know, that all of these people participating might not be the real like they're not the people pulling the strings they're not the people who are goading people into violence correct um and we have to find those people um because they're the people causing the the issues yes right um and i think it also poses an interesting question of how do we bring back some of these people who have fallen into these um, you know, traps of rhetoric or, or whatever um, might be the right way to phrase that. Yeah. Um, how like do we that. bring some of them back into, you know, our republic, into the 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 little bit of democracy we do have, into <laughs> right, like the the sort of um, the imperfect multiracial democracy that we have. Yes. Um, how do we, like, how do we do that? Um, and I know there are people who are doing work to bring extremists back from their extremism. Um, and so I'm curious, like to think about what does it look like on a relatively large scale? Yeah. When we're talking about, um, you know, how many hundreds of thousands of maybe millions of people like attended a Trump rally. Correct. And then right. what is like, what does that all mean in the grand scheme of things? Or like, who are the people who are, um, you know, super um, into DeSantis. Yes. Um, who are going to be the people who are really supporting Dan Cox? I was just about to no, say, are in the, the, I couldn't think of his name. In the, the gubernatorial here. election here in Maryland. Correct. Like, so who are all these people and what is it that took them to the place where they're at? Yep. And then what are the things that could happen that might bring them back to a place of like, oh, well, that those things were maybe not fascism yet. Um, but like, you know. On the on its way to on, being fascism, on the path, um, you know, diet fascism. Yeah. Um, wow. Yeah. Diet fascism. Did you just yeah. coin a term there? I, I might have. I thought about, um, you know, this diet coke. Like yeah. Uh, I thought about Coke Zero too, like fascist zero, but ah. that doesn't feel right. Right. Because no. um, there's some 
fascism in there. So it's not fascism zero. No, that wouldn't Um, work. That wouldn't work. I mean, I, so I also highlighted that part of Tom Nichols piece. It was great. That was a great quote, right. And sort of um, some good context for what it is that we're seeing. And, and, and I think you pose some really great questions there. Right. And I think, Mm For me, it's so hard to grapple with the what to do notion of how we reach those folks, right, who are um, on some varying degree of scale extreme in their beliefs or thinking and or loyalty to Trump and DeSantis and Cox Mm -hmm. and 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 these folks. Right. And 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 the what to do to bring them back, as you say. Yeah, Yeah. I I think that's fascinating. Right. And I, I don't know. I think part of that looks like continuing the work that's happening, right? Yeah. Um, That's important. Um, The work that folks are doing to advocate for folks, to demand change in our society, to create policies and laws, to to fight for and create better conditions that help people and keep them safe, right? Like that work can't stop, right? Um, And I think later on in the piece, like this idea of a commitment, right? And so... Um, Tom Nichols says this later on in this piece, and so I wanted to pull this out too. Um, He says uh, it's like that commitment for the rest of us to remain true to a pro-democracy coalition, Mm. right? And I think that can't stop either, right? So those of us who are committed to that and are in that work and are trying to to expand that um, and and better ourselves, right, and learn and grow – that has to continue, right? But um, I, I think that's I think that's one small part of an answer to the questions you posed. Yeah. Uh, but there's certainly a lot more work to be done, and there's I think there's probably smarter people than the two of us that are mm-hmm. <laughs> hopefully going to help us figure out what to do, right? Yeah, because I think about the um, some of the 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 work that has been done to bring people back from extremism. Yeah. Um, you know, there was, um, uh, I can't remember anybody's name right now. Um, the COVID brain fog is real. Yeah. Um, but uh, there are people doing work who used to be in movements of white nationalism um, who then have talked about how they were brought out of that. Yes. And then how they're doing the work to also bring people out of that. Wow. Um, and so I don't, and a lot of that is very relational and it's, it's, um, you can't, it can't just be fact-based. It's, there's emotions yeah. tied into it. Um, and so you have, there's a, it's, it's a, it's long-term work on a very, um, small scale in terms of like being individualized. Oh, wow. Um, I so learn I think about, about that. Yeah. I think about that and then I think about how do we do that on a, like a, you know, bigger scale yeah. and then who else is responsible for for doing, doing those that. things yep. too. Yep. Um, and I think that that's going to be, um, I, depending on how things shake out over the next oh, little bit yeah. of our history here, that's going to be an important thing that we have to like grapple with and think yeah. about. Um, we're going to, you have to find and figure out who that person is and what that work yeah. is. Cause yeah, we should talk about that. Maybe we'll talk about it offline then we'll bring it here maybe too. Cause yeah. I'm fascinated by that. Mm-hmm. Um, and the idea that it's relational, like as soon as you said that, I'm like, okay, that's, that makes sense. That right. Like yeah. that work has to be re- maybe more parts relational than it is fact-based. Right. So yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I like that. Okay. Yeah. Um, so oh. mo- moving on, I want to talk about the Robert Reich piece a little bit. Oh yeah. Um, so in his article, as I said before, he laid out a bunch of things that DeSantis has done. Yeah. Um, the first thing he said, he's com- campaigning with other election deniers, Mastriano who's running for governor, I 
think he's running for governor up in uh, Pennsylvania, um, and some other election deniers who are uh, on the the GOP ticket in right. a variety of places. Um, he has signed a law that banned um, discussions in public schools about gender and sexual identity. Yeah. Um, he has claimed that tenured faculty are indoctrinating students, and he wants them reviewed regularly. I believe every five years. So he's advocating for that. Um, teachers can't teach much about racism or history without uh, coming into conflict with a law and then potentially being uh, having their their um, license revoked. Yep. Um, abortions are banned after 15 weeks, mm. um, which is in response to um, the Dobbs decision from the Supreme Court. Um, he created an office to investigate so-called elections crimes in the wake of the um, 2020 election. Uh, I believe in, in the claims that false, unsubstantiated nonsense claims of fraud, uh, widespread fraud in that election. Um, his, his administration is considering um, barring gender-affirming care to youth um, in addition to they're already doing some of that with um, Medicare yep. um, as they um, administer Medicare in Florida. Um, and he's worked to redraw the con congressional map um, to further entrench Republican districts in Florida. So Man. thereby reducing the um, the opportunities um, that Democrats might have to um, win elections. Um, so all of these, when you think about fascism, all of these pieces, um, all of these things that he's done feel like taking the institutions and destroying the pieces of them that serve the people that they don't want to exist. Yes. Or warping them to serve themselves. And that's a big part of fascism is coming in, taking over um, institutions and then destroying them to the extent that you don't like them. Yes. Um, and thereby uh, sort of reinforcing your own power or authority. Right. And so I think that this is potentially... <clears throat> A different version of fascism than like maybe what we mm. would look back and see like um previous fascist leaders yeah, doing where history. they they remove the um the elections procedures and then inst install themselves as permanent right like that's not necessarily what's happening here but then when you think about um it's not a single individual who's establishing themselves as permanent but the party trying to establish themselves yes. as permanent yes um in places where the demographics don't line up, like they don't, they wouldn't win elections in fairly drawn districts um, to the extent that they do. Correct. Um, and so it's, I, I'm also thinking right now out loud. I hadn't, I hadn't thought about this as we prepared for this discussion today, um, but maybe our view, our historical view of fascism also is shifting based on the things that they're doing Correct. now because it's. Yeah. Um, you know, I think we'll talk about this in a little bit, but it's not about the things that you do necessarily that mm -hmm. make it fascism. It's the way that you do them. Correct. Um, and Man. so uh, it's feeling it's it's some of these things are feeling that way or feeling related to it or, or feeling like maybe, you know, they're, they're cousins. Oh, yeah, um, absolutely. So. Well, and it's just the evolution of life. Right. And the way and way yeah. the ways in which hatred has morphed and, the you know, just the ways in which our 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 ways of being and interacting with each other are different, right? And society looks different than, you know, the historical references right. for fascism that we have, right? And so... Yeah, so, like, if white supremacy evolves, mm. capitalism evolves... Right. ...thereby 
things like fascism also evolve. Absolutely, yeah. And I, I think you're spot on with this idea of um, how what DeSantis is doing, and, and man, he really, Robert just lays it all yeah. out there. I mean, as you were talking, I was exhausted by this list of things that DeSantis has done, but, you know, it's it's this idea of warping these institutions, right, to not serve people, right? And, and I've said this before here, right, like to not even try to acknowledge um, the humanity of folks, right, mm -hmm. um, in so many ways. And so, you know, I think on one hand for me, it's hard to live through all of this and to see the things that politicians like Rob De Ron DeSantis are doing, but um, it's also really hard to comprehend it, right? Like we're living yeah. through it, but it's hard to comprehend it. And I think for me, it is this idea of, of not recognizing folks' humanity, right? And mm. not, and for someone like DeSantis to be in the position that he's in, and he is in a position to serve his constituents, right? To serve the people in the state of Florida, right? Like all of those yeah. things that you listed, he's not doing that, mm -hmm. right? Um, and so- Yeah, um, he's only serving the people he wants to serve. Exactly, yeah. And so I, I just think about, it makes me, it gives me so much pause and it makes me think about you know, what this ultimately has meant for and how it's impacted real people's lives in such negative yeah. ways, right? Mm -hmm. um, and so I think setting aside the connections of all of this stuff that DeSantis and, and others like him have done to fascism and to what fascism is, which I'm sure we're going to talk about. I, I, I want to sort of make some connections in, in application. Um, I, I'm just horrified at the impact of this hatred that exists in some of the most powerful places of our politics and our society and yeah. and what that hatred has done, right? Um, so I, I, I know we always talk about application on the show and the impact of things, but I think both of these authors, Robert and, and Tom, um, did a good job of highlighting the, the impact of that, you know? Yeah, I think so. I mean, particularly, I know I just listed off that. Yeah. Those... Um, Accomplishments feel like the wrong word yeah. entirely. Accomplishments feels positive. Yeah. Right. So accomplishments positive. has a as a positive connotation. Yeah. So I don't mean to bring any of that positivity to this. Uh, but that that list of accomplishments that yes. he's had in his administration, the things that he's done in the in his administration, and just thinking about the impact of all that, and we're starting mm -hmm. to see examples of how that's happening, where yeah. people are being, um, you know, removed from the classroom. Um, student you know it, there's a lot happening yes. um and so it, it it's impacting real people absolutely he's also supposed to be serving exactly i feel like um, we you know we did that episode on florida right we've had it we should do a follow-up i mean yeah, we've talked, talked about, about so many DeSantis pieces yeah of what he's done and you know now that it's now that we're sort of seeing the the impact of these accomplishments, right? It, it, it might be worth us talking more about it. Yeah. yeah. To um, light to it. Yeah. Especially in the hopes that he loses his election in November. Yes. Um, Come on. Yeah. Speak on it. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, Two, uh, yeah. <laughs> what? Funnily enough, I remember when his opponent was a Republican. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> we talked about <laughs> I, that the other I night. I lived in Florida. Yes. Uh, when, <laughs> when, he had his previous term as governor as a Republican. Yeah. He signed my uh, degree over here on this wall oh, behind me. Oh, get out. You have to yeah. point that out to me. Get um, out. When he was a Republican governor. Mm. So, you know, th things change. All the turns table. Right. Um, all right. Let's shift gears and talk about application and certainly how we are connecting the dots to, to make sense of these 
pieces, these articles that we read and and the ways in which they apply to our everyday lives and to folks' everyday lives. I, you know, I definitely want to talk a little bit about like the word here, the F word here, fascism, right? I think mm-hmm. both Robert Reich and Tom Nichols directly hit on the fact that what we are experiencing and seeing in the examples we talked about today, all of the things you listed, right? And, and all the things they bring up in their pieces um, is fascism, right? Or diet fascism, all that, right? Like, yeah. um, and so to, you know, to connect this to what I talked about a little bit ago, right? I think the application here is that we have to know and understand what fascism is, um, and what it continues to evolve into, right? As we just had that conversation, right? And 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 how it includes this hatred of the other, of the the quote unquote them. Uh, yeah. Robert Reich talks about that in his piece, right? And so we have to recognize that and call it what it is in order to figure out how to work to fight it, right? Mm-hmm. You know, and so. Um, I think that was a big piece of of the application of these pieces for for yeah. me. What do you yeah. what do you think about all that? Um, yeah, I think understanding these elements of fascism, um, you know, help us identify when fascism is is actually happening. Right. Um, you know, and I'm not really talking about the people who we can look at and be like, look at you, fascists. Yes. Like, you know, the people in Patriot Front, the Klan, mm-hmm. other extremist groups, like. You know, those aren't the people that I'm necessarily talking about, but um, that's a separate, I think that's a separate but also important conversation sure. um, in terms of like extremist groups. But understanding the things that a politician might do or say or the way that they operate and how that's connected to fascism would be a helpful thing for all of us to know and recognize so that we can, um, you know, have little like mental alarms that go off that, yes. like, you know, even if you are um, a dyed in the wool, whatever party happens to be supporting this person, yeah, you can say, "Well, I can't because they're doing mm. these things that, yes. like, are setting off my alarm bells that things aren't gonna turn out um, the way that they should. Like, right. that we're gonna we're gonna go down a road maybe that we can't come back from. Yeah, um, and that's." Uh, um, you know, that I think that's what the important piece of this is for me anyway. Absolutely. Right. And so I like that idea of sort of the, you made me think of Spider-Man, the spider senses yeah. of tingling, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. And um, and then what does that mean to recognize it for yourself, but also to have conversations with folks about it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and to, especially when it's election season, which it feels like it's always election season somewhere, right? Um, yeah. You know, what does that mean to, to talk with your loved ones and with friends, Um about what it is that you're seeing and to, you know, when you're recognizing these pieces of it. Absolutely. I, I appreciate that. Um, all right. Let's talk a little bit about homework, right? We do that at the end here. What is it that we want to do mm-hmm. and we wrap up mm-hmm. this conversation and leave this very clean table of ours? Um, one of the things I want to do is I want to consume a bit more of Robert Reich's work. Um, I mentioned this earlier. I follow him on social media and I just have, I've appreciated a lot of what he posts, right? His his yeah. commentary, if you will, on, on what's happening in politics and in our society. And so um, reading his piece in The Guardian, I think 
after doing that, I want to read some more of his work. And so uh, I looked him up. It looks like he's written something like 18 or so books. And yeah, so he's, 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 he's done a lot. Quite a prolific author. And so um, I think it would be really cool to read a few of his books. So some of the ones that caught my attention were uh, one called The Work of Nations, which looks at how our country can best ensure that everyone has a share in the economy, right? A fair mm-hmm. share in the economy. Um, and then another book was called Beyond Outrage, which looks at both the economy and democracy sort of in tandem and and what needs to happen to make um, those things work in favor of all of us, right? So um, those are just, again, two of 18 books uh, that, you know, I want to add to the old reading list. So what about yeah. you? Um yeah, well, th- that's that's some good homework. You know, I love books, so <laughs> just keep <laughs> keep reading stuff. Um, my homework is to read Your Fascism uh, by Umberto Eco. Okay. Um, so it's an essay he wrote in 1995. Um, it was published in the New York Review of Books, and it details 14 elements of fascism. Okay. Um, including appeal to social frustration which I think we can see a lot of Um, fear of difference and obsession with a plot, like a sort of conspiracy thing. So like the, the election was stolen. Absolutely. And that sort of narrative continues, right? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Um, So Umberto Eco was an Italian author, cultural critic, professor, and more. Um, He grew up as a small child in the Mussolini dictatorship. Um, So he writes some of this from his own experience uh, and what he witnessed. Um, I believe the the piece opens with him talking about um, what he knew he had to do as a smart young child to survive, um, you know, by extolling the virtues of Mussolini. so it's from his own experiences in that way, but also from his his study um, uh, over the course of his years being uh, a professor and a you know intellectual and and scholar. Yeah. yeah. Wow. All right. Mm-hmm. Will you share that with me? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I want to read that too. That's awesome. Um, I, it, it reminds me sort of this idea of like elements of fascism and sort of I'm assuming it like details what they are. Reminds me of the work yeah. we read around white supremacy, right? Uh, yeah. Um, that was really illuminating too, right? To sort of, from an intellectual intellectual perspective, see it and name those things and and understand what they look like, right? And how they may appear in us and whatnot. So yeah. this sounds similar to that. So mm-hmm. that's awesome. I love it. Yeah. Um, all right, my friend, you're up next time. What I are am. you bringing to the table in our next episode? Yeah, so um, sort of connected to, the, to today's conversation, okay. um, especially as, as we think about uh, public education um, and all of the stuff that DeSantis has done yeah. um, to, to really gut public education and the way that that's happening across the country. Um, so connected to all of that, I'm bringing an opinion piece from the New York Times called School is for Making Citizens by Heather McGee and Victor Ray. Awesome. Um, and so here's a, a brief excerpt from the beginning of the piece. Why do we have public schools? To make young people into educated, productive adults, of course. But public schools are also for making Americans. Thus, public education requires lessons about history, the American spirit and its civics, and also contact with and context about other Americans, who we are and what has made us. Mm. Um, So there's a lot wrong with our education system um, (laughs) before these uh, proto-fascists have gotten their paws in it. Um, but we also have to save it from being destroyed uh, because otherwise there's nothing to improve. Of course. Um, wow. And yeah. 
you know, uh, so I'm prepared to read this and also have some really um, valid, not valid doesn't sound like right, but some critiques about it as I read it in terms of, um, you know, uh, having a whole lot of pride in the things that exist, mm. um, right, which this excerpt seems to extol. Absolutely. So, um, yeah, so that's what I'm bringing. I'm excited to talk about it um, and the concept it, itself of, you know, what is what is the the, the purpose, purpose of public education, and you know, I'm sure part of that conversation will, will also be about how are those things being um, eroded mm. uh, purposefully. Uh, ero so eroded is not the right term, but how are they being uh, torn apart um, by uh, politicians across the country? Absolutely. That's super exciting. I'm looking forward to, to reading it and chatting with you next week about it. Fantastic. Yeah. All right. So with that, we want to thank you for joining us today and for listening to Interdependent Study. You know what I'm going to ask you to do, but it's been a minute, so you may have forgotten. So if you could, please follow, leave a rating and review, share our podcast with every single person you know, follow us on the socials, check us out on YouTube, and sign up for our email list to get notified about any new things we've got going on behind the scenes. Yes, thank you so much for listening and for doing all those things that Damien reminded you about. <laughs> um, and remember, it's not about us, but it is about all of us. And we'll talk to you next week. 